As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hey, hey, welcome back to the show. I have my fellow mama here, Melissa Lands. Welcome, Melissa. Hey there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been quite a week here in my household. I know you get what it's like when you're like shuffling kids around. My husband went to, um, he got summoned. It's I, I don't know if the right word is summoned, but he had to go to uh, like jury duty. Yesterday was the selection. And he was like, there's no way they're going to choose me. There's no way they're going to choose me. And then he uh, was gone all day. I didn't hear from him. And at 530, he goes, they chose me. No. So yeah. Can you believe that? <laughs> so today all day, I, I literally just talked to him right before he popped on and they had a 30 minute break, but he got chosen. So he is serving on the jury in a case. I have no idea what it is, but we were just chatting about being moms, being business owners. And sometimes you got to shuffle the schedule around. So my, my days, the last couple of days and the rest of this week have been interesting since uh, I do not have my partner here with me uh, to help out with all the things in the house and the and the kids stuff. So I know, you know, exactly what that is like. Oh, I do. I do. There's always some shuffle. It's interesting though. I think in, in, in my house, I think it's my husband who's always shuffling around because if I'm traveling or something like he's pretty much the, he's the, the, the solid, uh, home all the time, you know, taking care of things. And, and so I think it, yeah, I think he would be the one to complain about how things are constantly uh, shifting. But there is there is this dynamic of shift, right? Constantly yeah. happening in, yeah. in our in our household. And and then, I mean, I have teenagers, so the shift factor once they get to be teens and they have their own schedules and their friends start to drive and they're not like you're not managing all their time anymore, then you're constantly shifting because you're like, you have a plan for the weekend. And then they kind of go, well, no, what are you talking about? I'm doing this, 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 and this. And you're like, wait, what, wait, wait, what, what did just happen? What are you talking about? So yeah, it's constantly shifting. Being, being flexible is part of the the name of the game. Right. Yes, and I think it is. Yeah. But yeah, constant shifts happening. Yeah, totally in business and in life. So I know that you have had some shifts in your entrepreneurial career. You've, you know, you've founded a couple of different businesses. So if you will fill us in a little bit on your backstory, how'd you get to where you are? What kind of business do you run? And then we're going to dive into some really juicy topics here today. Yeah. So, I mean, the first, the first shift came when I um, came home from work. I was working in a corporate job. I worked for a Fortune 100 company and I was on the agency side. I am um, my, I had a, a very big client and I was working nonstop, um, literally 24 hours a day because I had teams in um, five different countries. So I, I would like sleep a little bit, but then I'd be back on my Blackberry. So I come home, I walk in the kitchen and I've got a Blackberry in one hand and a frozen burrito that I just had taken out of the microwave in the other. And I'm leaning over the sink, like answering emails. And my husband comes in and he says, we have to talk. And I was like, uh, I didn't even know which one to put down. I was like, what do you mean we have to talk? 
So um, I put, I put down, you know, both of the things and he said, I don't like you anymore. And that talk about a shift happening, like, like, it's like your life flashing before your eyes, you know, you're like, what are you talking about? And, um, but that was the, that was the instigator for me shifting my entire life because it was a wake up call of, of, wait a minute, I thought I'm, I thought I'm doing all of the things I thought, you know, like I make good money. I'm, you know, I, I, we, we don't want for any, like I'm, I'm getting ahead in the corporate ladder. Like I'm here, babe, I'm here. Like, what are you, but I realized that it wasn't what we wanted and it wasn't, um, you know, what we signed up for as a, as a couple, right. To live with freedom and flexibility and creativity and all of the things. So um, that was the first shift and it. Um, I gave 30 days notice and I quit a multi-six figure job and with no safety net, I had, didn't have any, I, I think I had like $30,000 in the bank and that I was like, how many weeks can that pay the babysitter? <laughs> I was like, right. not even like, you know, how long will that pay my expenses? I was like, okay, how long can I keep my babysitter before I get another? So um and that was, that was a major shift. And I think that, um, it helped me catapult into the business that I started, um, almost 12 years ago called the fresh 20, which I started at my kitchen table. I peeled off $2,500 and about six months of research and development and sweat equity and started, um, just by myself at my kitchen table, just thinking, okay, I want to do something that matters. I want to do something that is family family centric that uses the skills that I, you know, learned up over 10 years in corporate um, that is flexible and I can do from anywhere. And so it was kind of this convergence of all of the things that I knew to be true about how I wanted my new life to be. And the fresh 20 was born out of that. And that was a, it's a healthy meal planning service that um, uses it's 20 ingredients a week to for five weeknight dinners that are all variety. Right. So from there, you know, I've grown up to a team of 12 and we've serviced um, over 200,000 paying subscribers in the first 20. It's like, you know, it's a real business. It got, it got, you know, I still have my same babysitter. She's still employed. She's on salary. She has a pension fund, like the whole thing. Um, and so I think that through, and, and through the 12 years that I've had that I've made so many different shifts. Um, and with my business and within my, with my, my family to make it work. Um, so I think, I think it's really important, you know, this idea of, of shifting and of maintaining a family while you're doing a business, absolutely possible, um, painful at points. And I think one of the most important things that I got from my family, even at a very little age, my kids were three and four when I started the Fresh 20 and I shifted everything around so that I could be more present to them when they were in their waking hours, like when they weren't in preschool or they weren't sleeping or they weren't. So I shifted things around and worked at night. Right. So I worked, um, you know, in the morning when they were sleeping and then got up and would like take them places and we'd go to the park and do things. And then I came home and I put in like nine hours at nighttime, you know, after they went down um, for sleep or were, you know, reading or whatever. So I think, you know, they, they started, to learn really early on that, you know, mommy's here when you need her, but then she's got work to do. And so um, to this day, like my teenagers, 
like they're very respectful of my work and my environment and who I, you know, that I have to, to be and the habits that I have to maintain to be able, I have three businesses now. So, you know, that doesn't come without your family having buy-in to, um, to your experience and your family being able to be flexible as well. And so that has been kind of my journey. And now I teach others. I have another business called the subscription lab, which teaches others how to create passive income using their experience and their expertise to create memberships and subscriptions. And I have a, uh, my third business is um, a women's forum called connect where women um, that have had success and are going through the next phase of their life, kind of like midlife reflection instead of midlife crisis, but they um, have a a forum and an outlet to dream up what's next and then um, give them permission to dream again and to recreate themselves into um, the next, next phase of their life. So it's busy in my house. Um, You know, I've, I've done both. I've worked from home and I've worked in an office. I actually just gave up my office of six years because during the last couple of years, I've been working from home and I just Mm -hmm. really started to enjoy it again. And I, you know, going to my office so rarely, and I just wanted my whole entire environment. So we have a studio on our property. So I just moved back into the studio. And um, so now I'm, I can, I can safely now say that once again, I am a stay at home mom. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There you go. So you have three businesses. How do you know as an entrepreneur, obviously you have ideas of, I mean, clearly often, Um, You're innovating, you're leading, you're creating. How do you know as an entrepreneur when it's time to start the next business? And do you keep the other business? Do you sell the other business? How how do you make that decision? Well, I mean, if I could go back in time, I would probably tell you like, you know, have the other business either sold or completely managed by another team before you start another business, but that's not how I did it. (laughs) I just was like, oh, you know, people were asking me to mentor them and to teach them. So I said, oh, okay, I can do both, you know, Um, which puts strain. Um, I definitely think that um, when you have process down and process procedure, you have SOPs, your business is running not just out of your brain, right? I think a lot of us run our business when we first start our business, we run it out of our brain. We don't document tons of information. Um, When your entire business is out of your brain onto paper and somebody else can come in and they can pick it up and run it and you have a team, I think that that is a a great opportunity to um, maybe start something new. If your business requires you more than 10 hours a week, then it's probably not the best um, time to start a new business. I think that, you know, it's, it's all about being able to, to step away and not be in your business. So if you can do that successfully and you have a great team and you have redundancy within your process and your procedures, meaning if your customer service person quit tomorrow, you're not the one doing it, right? If you're, or, you know, if your social media girl like decided she wanted to go to Bali and be a yoga teacher and didn't want to post for you anymore, like that it doesn't fall back on you. That's what I mean by redundancy, that somebody else is in charge of that and can pick it up, hire, do it in the interim, hire somebody new, train them, and it's not you then I think you can bring on new projects. Um, So 
I guess don't do it like me <laughs> who just, just, you know, my, my husband says, babe, you have an executable idea every morning when you wake up. He's like, you cannot do them all. He's like, just write them down. He made me get a little book on the side of my bed where I just write down business ideas. And he's like, just write them down. And then maybe, you know, one day you can just find other people to start the businesses that you're creating. And you're, he's like, but for now, just, just write them down and put them away somewhere because I, I literally would start a new business every single week. Oh yeah. Would let me. Oh yeah. I bet. I mean, most entrepreneurs probably would want to. So I know I love processes and systems and SOPs. I told you earlier, I could like sit here and create manuals all day long because I, I love that. I know that's not your favorite thing to do. And even from someone like you who doesn't love to do that, you just uttered out of your mouth systems, process, SOPs, redundancy. So this is one of the this is one of the uh, areas of resistance I see often with entrepreneurs, even clients that I work with, which is why I want to hear you address this to our listeners. And that is, I'm a visionary. I'm not good at that. You know, my last corporate job or my last whatever, I didn't have any of those things. But they're kind of driving themselves crazy. So, in your businesses, have you been the one who developed those systems and SOPs and processes, or did you delegate that to a team member? And if you did. How did that process work in your company to give you the opportunity to a live the way you live and also be function the way you choose to function inside of your companies? So it's really interesting. I remember um, in 2013, we hit um, our, our, we had our first um, seven figure year and most people at that point would be super excited and say, oh my gosh, let's ramp up sales. Let's do everything. And all I could think about was, oh my gosh, like. I'm working so hard and I'm getting back on that track where I might as well be in corporate because I'm working so hard. So my only goal during 2013 was to take the pedal off of sales and put it onto process so that in 2014, I could take my, my family out of the country for six weeks and not work. So that was my goal, right? My goal was I don't, I want to be able to have enough process and procedure and, and, you know, going on so that I could move away. So sometimes you actually have to slow down. I couldn't, I was not the person to do that. So I actually, at that point in 2013, I hired a company to come in, talk to every single person, document everything that we did, and then figure out like the org chart and who should be doing what and have a master task list. And you know, break it down and restructure meetings and create actual um, SOP documents. So every single thing that was touched in my business from, you know, from customer service to marketing, to production, to bookkeeping was completely documented so that if anybody had a question, that question didn't come to me. They went into our portal and got the answer to their question. So that's how I first did it. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll be totally transparent at the time in 2013, I think, I believe that was an $18,000 investment to have somebody come in, um, and, and, and do that. It was the best thing I've ever done in my business to, was to have somebody come in and document that, um, because I was able in 2014, um, February and March, I took my family, went to Australia for six weeks and I literally called home twice. So that was a game changer. So don't try to do it if you don't think in that in that way. The other thing that um, that I do now is 
so many things live in your head, the way that you want something done. So I started to loom, you know, whenever somebody said, Melissa, like, how do you do this? I just started to do a quick loom on it and then put it in a folder. And then someone from my team picks it up and puts it in the appropriate place or writes an SOP based on what I said. So the more you can start giving transparency to the way you're doing your tasks by, you know, literally hit record on your, you know, you can do it on Zoom. You can Zoom yourself working, hit record, and then send somebody on your team and they can break it down for you. You know, you, if you have an operations person, they'll be able to break it down. So the main thing to building that process isn't necessarily me sitting down and writing an SOP. It's getting it out of my head. So there's two ways I do that. One, I videotape or two, I have somebody like sit next to me and, or sit online with me and watch me work or we go through it together. And we found that it's a game changer because my team can ask me, they're like, Melissa, can you, can you go do this? And like three weeks later, they'll be like, did you do that? And I was like, no. And then we thought, we found out that it's like, Melissa, can you save an hour in your schedule to walk through this process with this person? And I was like, sure. And I did that. Boom. Done. So I'm better live, real time, take it from my brain. I'll tell you anything you want. And I think it works for a lot of visionaries. Yeah, it does. You know, I, uh, in between having my two businesses, I worked for my mentor and I was on a team and I was basically the right hand and kind of created and ran all the big, large group coaching programs and masterminds. And that's exactly how we functioned. When we came in, there weren't tons of SOPs and systems and processes although she had a multiple seven figure company and that's what we would do. We would, we would either sit down right beside her and we would ask questions and we would pull it out of her because she could tell us everything she wanted. Um, or she would record something for us and send it to us. And we would be the ones who went and put that together and then executed on that. So also just coming from someone who's been on the team side with a visionary that operates that way, you know, if, if you, if you're listening to this and you have team and you know, you're a visionary, just ask the person to sit down beside you and listen to you talk. Sometimes I do hear entrepreneurs, you know, I'll hear them say to me, well, I'm the business owner. Like I should be able to do this. And it's like, no, that's why your team is there. Your team is there to be able to listen to you and and help you process in the way that you process. And then you can send them on their way to go be in their zone of genius and create that. I love that you do that. I think so many visionaries operate that way. Yeah, I would also say that even if you don't have a team, start doing it anyway. Because one of the things that kind of tripped me up in the beginning of business is, is I was like, I don't have time to even bring anybody in. I don't have time to bring somebody that I could delegate this to. And the thing is, is while you're doing your tasks, just document them. Because then you can like literally have a folder of stuff and you don't have to take time away. You have to do the work in the beginning anyway, right? If you're a solopreneur or you're one or two person team, start documenting so that when you do start hiring people, you can say, okay, it's orientation week. I want you to go through all the videos in this file and, you know, get a lay of the land and figure out how we do things. And that, that's a, it saves so much time. So even if you don't have a team, you can still start to document because process is the thing that is going to allow you the most freedom. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to say though, this is important in the home too. Yeah. Like I feel like as a mom, I feel like, you know, and still to this day, there's things that my family comes and asks me and my kids are 16 and 17 and I, they come in and I'm like, really? Like, 
you don't know how to, what? You don't know how we do that yet as a family? So I literally started to, to do the same thing at home because I'm like, I don't want to be the keeper of I don't of all of the knowledge of the household. You know, it's like they're old enough now. And there's, you know, everyone in my, and like I have my assistant in my house, my husband and my two kids. And the only one that like is consistent and knows how things are running is my pug. Like he's like, I know what time dinner is. I know, I know when we go out. <laughs> I, know he's oh, yeah. like, I know the process and procedures. The rest of them are like looking at me like it's the first time that we've ever done anything. And I'm like, mom, there's no, you know, mom, there's no paper towels in the pantry. And it's like, um, go to the back stock out in the shed and like get the paper. T- you know what I mean? It's like, so yeah, I think the same thing can be true at home. Like document, write things down, have lists, put them on the fridge, like so that people know like where to do things so that they are not bugging you for the same things over and over and over again. Yeah. So let's dive into that a little bit. You know, we were having a conversation before we press record I know you probably hear this from a lot of your clients. I know I hear it from a lot of women entrepreneurs as well, where they're working so hard in their business and they're playing this like uber masculine role. And then there's this transition from working in the business to being with the family. How do you transition? Do you have a transition? Are you someone different with family than you are in your business? Are you the same person? I think there's a lot of confusion around that, around the roles that we're playing as leaders, as women in business family, friendships, all the things, what's, what does that look like for you? Well, I definitely um, don't believe in changing and having like multiple personalities when it comes to living my life. And I'm very much, um, I don't change my, my level of leadership when I'm in between home and, and, and business. I'm not, you know, it's not like I go home and I'm like, you know, you know, barking orders or doing anything, but I'm not doing that in my business either. Right. So I feel like I'm bringing elements of both. It's like they're, they're, they're cross pollinating. And I find that that is better for, for me. I, you know, when I was in corporate, it was very much like this, like you were saying, like that masculine vision. And now I feel like being a leader, it's like, I feel like leadership starts in the home because being a mom is for, to, for all practical purposes, being a leader, but I think, I think that it's about in your home, practicing the same things that you have uh, practice with your team, right? So with your team, it's constantly about listening, right? What's, what, what is going on? Like making sure that you're listening to where everybody's at, what their obstacles are, tracking KPIs. It's a, it's very much a listening process, right? In the, in the business, we're using data and at home, we might be using, you know, emotions, but it's still this, this, the, the skill is listening. And so those are very much the same leadership skills. And um, then delegating is something that I think um, not enough moms do successfully. Yeah. Um, I think in a business role, like, you know, you, you learn how to delegate quickly. Otherwise you can't survive. You can't scale without delegating. Right. And I think that when we're at home, like using that that skill set and delegating and being a leader and saying, you know what, everybody's got to pull their weight, and um, you know, teaching people, it's like, you know, it's like I don't I don't want to be the person. I was going through this the other day with my seventeen year old. So he comes in, he's like, Mom, my friends are coming over, and I need your phone. And and, and I was like, Okay, why do you why do you need my phone? He's like, Because I need you to order Postmates. And I'm like, mm, You're seventeen. So let's work out. First of all, let's fix that problem, right? So I'm, 
I'm, I'm doing that same thing that I would do with a teammate. If it's like, you shouldn't be asking me this right now. This is a very simple thing that you should be able to do. So how, how can we get, first of all, get your phone so that we can put this on your phone. Second of all, like, how would we go through the procedure of doing this and deciding and doing it? So we literally have like an SOP for Postmates now, right? So that it's like, why are you coming to me for this? I don't understand. So I think it's that same thing, right? You can delegate things out and then optimizing. So important, like, you know, in business, we're always trying to optimize. How can we do it better? How can we get more leads? How can we get more sales? How can we service our clients better? I don't think it's any different in the home. I actually think that all of those skills begin in the home and and you use them in in business. Um, But optimizing, I think is really important. And I actually think it's one of the things that people don't do at home, right? It's like everything is just kind of status quo and they don't figure out how to optimize. It's like, you know, how do you, how do you put those process and procedures in place so that it's not like you're every single time you go to do something, you're doing it from scratch. I think that, you know, anything from like, I mean, we're pretty organized in my house because we have to be, I mean, I have three businesses, right. And I'm still a mom and still a wife and, you know, uh, still a pet owner, like all the things, but something as simple as having, having lists in your home of the most frequently um, purchased products so that um, anybody in the house can go, I mean, this may seem control freaky, but anybody in the house can take that list and go, it's the brands are listed. It's the, how many we have in stock at home and anybody can take it and they can fulfill that because they have the instructions to do that. Right. It took us a long time to optimize to that, to get to a point where it's like, my husband didn't go to the store and buy some, you know, crappy thing that I didn't, you know, something that I was like, why would you buy that? Like, that's not what we use. Right. I mean, it sounds, it sounds petty and it sounds controlling, but it really is. It's a place where you can optimize. Right. And enhance your life. Like I like to have the things that I like around me. I don't, you know, I don't like it. I don't, I don't know. I think it's, it's, um, it's important. So I think leadership starts in the home and I think listening, delegating, optimizing, um, another small silly thing for optimizing is, um, and delegating and optimizing is, um, you know, my husband puts gas in the cars, like that's it. Right. It's like, like, this is the thing I'm, we're delegating that out. Like that's, that's one of your things, right? Like I have my things, my kids have their things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was always getting the thing I'd get in the car and there'd be no gas. And I'd be like, you know, it's like your, your temperature is rising. Cause you're like, this is your job. Yeah. So, um, so it's like, how do we, how do we create that? You know, how do you listen to what's going on? You delegated something out and then how do you optimize it in a business? Like you wouldn't, put up with somebody like not doing their job at all. Right. But when we're at that, when we're at home, how many times do we put up with like, you know, the kids didn't do this or the, you know, the husband didn't do this or like, and so I'm always like, okay, how do I put my leadership hat on right now to like walk through like how we can do this better. And so now it's like, we have a thing. It's like, okay, there's like a Sunday night gas check. And so, you know, it's like, it's a really simple thing and it makes it easier for him because he doesn't even have to, like, he just, it's part of, it's, he just, it's part of his thing. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think 
I think being a leader in your own home is really important. And I know that it's like coming off of like being a control freak, but I'm really not. Like I actually am really, really flexible at home. It's just, I want everyone to be empowered to be part of the household in a really, really, um, in a, in a really, really competent and confident way so that we're all like doing our part so we can have more harmony at home, right? It's in, and you and I were talking about earlier, this whole idea of having a strategy for happiness. Well, yes. one of my strategies for happiness is making sure that like my household runs in a way where we can be relaxed and we can all be communicating and, you know, be in relationship with each other without all of the little like, you know, idiosyncrasies or the things like somebody didn't take out the garbage or, you know, I mean, the the little things, but those little things build up to make it be like you walk in your house and you're depleted, right? Because nobody's doing their job. Um, And I want to um, walk in my house and feel elated. Like, you know, it's the, we're all here and we're participating and we're doing stuff. So strategy for happiness definitely for me includes being a leader in my own home. Yeah. This is such an interesting conversation. I love, I love this stuff. And the argument that, you know, we tend to hear from a lot of people, whether it's women entrepreneurs or anybody, it's, I don't have time for that. Now our argument on the other side of that might be, well, the reason why you don't have time for it is because it's not being delegated because there isn't a system, because there isn't a strategy, because you're not optimizing it. So you're actually wasting all this time running around. You know, if you If gas had been put in the car, then when you're on your way to drop the kids off at school, you wouldn't have to be stressed out and then stop and spend an extra 10 minutes getting gas and then get your kid late to school. And now you're frazzled and stressed for the rest of the day. But I mean, if we're being really honest, most people are running their lives like that. They are running their lives on this treadmill and life could be using your words. There could be so much more harmony. There can be so much more freedom. I mean, we named that the name of our company is Structured Freedom for a reason, because we believe that when you have structure in all the areas of your life, including your business, your relationships, your hobbies, health and well-being, the personal, all of it, when there's structure and systems in that, it's going to afford you the opportunity of more freedom and be able to travel like you did in Australia. You know, yeah, and I think that that's the that to me, it's the, it's the thing is that where I see so many, you know, mom entrepreneurs that have, you know, businesses and teams and everything else. It's the thing that I see them doing all the time is they run their business with efficiency, but they don't run their household and they wonder why they're still stressed. And it's like, you're still stressed because you're letting, like your, your, your house is, you know, in a disarray. Mm-hmm. And it's just not, I, I don't understand how we would work so hard to, um, to run our business and then come home and de- be depleted in the place that's supposed to give us energy. Yeah. Yeah. So when you talk about having a system for happiness, what do you mean by that? And could you give us an example or two of what that might look like? Yeah. So for me, a system for happiness is first of all, when you, like I put everything up against, against that, you know, you could do it in post-it notes or, you know, I have like whiteboards behind me. I, I write everything. It's like, okay, when are the last, like, when are, were your last 10 happy moments? Right. 
like just jot them down. Like when were the the last 10 times that you could remember being happy? And um, so you get them all down and then you say, okay, what contributed to those moments? And then you figure out, okay, I was, you know, I had my friends over and we hadn't talked in a really long time. Um, We sat down at family dinner and did this you know, I, we went to the beach, whatever it is. Right. And you figure, so what contributed, like, how did you get there? And then you take all those, like, how did you get there things? And then you figure out how can I place these and integrate these in my life in a consistent way and systematize, um, and have a mechanism for creating more of these happy moments. And so it could be, you know, let's just take like having family game night or having a family dinner, right? Or something like that. So like, it doesn't just happen if you don't actually like, you know, it could happen last minute, but then you're feeling like stressed and you're feeling like, then you sit down at family game night and you're like, nobody helped me like yep. get to in, in back of your mind. You're like, nobody helped me get anything ready. And you're like running around, you're trying to set the games out. You're trying to, you know, make the desserts. You're trying to do all this stuff. And you're like, why is nobody helping me? So you have to systematize, like actually getting there. Like, what does it actually look like? And I think it starts with your 10 happy, like most recent happy moments, documenting how you got there, really thinking to yourself, okay, like if I know that this is going to happen this weekend, what are the, what do I need to put in place? Right. And having those things readily available to you. Um, so, um, for me, I know that I always have like three dinners, three dinners on hand. Um, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe there were frozen dinners that happened or, or, you know, that are in the freezer or, you know, there's something I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that like, I never have to like go home and stress about dinner because there's always three dinners stacked for me. Um, that's a system that's for me, that's systematizing my, my level of joy of being with my family in the evening is not me running around doing takeout, trying to figure out what we're going to eat. Right. So that's a, that's one way that I systematize my happiness. Another way that I systematize my happiness is um, like the downtimes for all of us. Right. So we, I have natural, natural downtimes that are like, you know, they're not, don't talk to me times, but they're just times where we could all be together, but we're all like having a silent moment together. So it might be, you know, we're having reading time or we're having, you know, no phone time. Like how are we systemized systematizing, getting to that moment where we're feeling like really in flow with each other. Like we were talking Mm -hmm. about harmony. Um, if it's, I systematize, um, you know, um, the, I have a, um, a calendar, I have a Google, a Google doc. It's like an Excel that has a calendar. So it has all of the months, all of the months and col- columns, and then the days down it. And whenever anything comes up, like it's like going to be on the calendar. Like I have a whole system of like moving around so I can visually see on the calendar in different colors, my entire year of like what's happening. Right. It's just part of my system of happiness. I love to look forward to something. I love to see when trips are coming up. I love to see where if my girlfriends say, Oh, like I want to do a girl's weekend. I open up that calendar and I look and I like, I find a spot on my calendar. It's to, to put in a girl's weekend. Right. If not, we're just thinking to ourselves, Oh, okay. We'll plan that. We'll plan that. We'll plan that. And it never gets done. Right. So I like to constantly be having those visuals. So visual things are very much a part of my system of happiness. Um, you know, there's so many things that you can do, but a system of happiness, systematizing happiness means that you have 
in place, repeatable things that contribute to the experiences that make you happy. Yeah. Um, and, and there's, there's so many, so many, um, different ways that you can do that. Those are just a couple of, of mine. Um, outdoor time is really important. Um, you know, meditation is part of my system, systematizing it in a way that it's like, I'm constantly doing like a 30 day meditation or a 20 day meditation. I don't just say to myself, I'm going to meditate every day because then I know, Oh, I'll, I'll skip a day or I'll do whatever. But if I'm doing like a 30 day series, then that's just part of me saying, okay, now I have a system for the next 30 days to, to meditate, which like just completely, you know, changes my nervous system for the day. What I'm hearing is you are incredibly intentional in your decision-making and it's also very aligned with your values. And I think that's where a lot Mm. of women entrepreneurs are not that they're not intentional and not that they don't have values. I think they're not pausing long enough to get really clear on what their intention is and what those values are. Because if we're not identifying them and then making our decisions and choices from that place, then that's when the stress comes. That's when the overwhelm comes. That's when, you know, we're just, the wind is blowing us that way and the other way over and over again. You can't catch a bus if you don't stand at the stop. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. You know, I mean, you just literally can't. (laughs) You can't run beside it and jump on. It's going to, you're going to. That's what, so that's what, that's, that's what people do. God, what what an amazing visual. That's such a good visual. They're chasing a bus. And I just decided in my life, I didn't want to chase buses anymore. I literally wanted to be like, you know, on the bus, relaxing, like going towards a destination, doing a thing. And also like my email signatures make memories. So I can't, I, and I'm the memory maker and within my community, with all of my friends, like I'm, I'm the one that plans for those things because I, that is my highest value is to be making memories and having experiences and, and, um, and just creating, creating joy. And, and, you know, I, I lead life with curiosity. So I can't do those things if I'm always stuck in, um, being reactionary to things and not proactive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That we're going to end on that right there. You cannot <laughs> catch the bus unless you stop and we can't, we need to stop chasing buses down because we're, we're chasing a lot of buses these days. A lot. Are. Amazing. Are. Um, Melissa, if you will share a little bit more about the ideal client that you work with, the ways that people can find out more about what you have to offer, um, give us that information. Yeah. So um, right now I'm really concentrated on helping people launch and scale memberships and subscriptions because I just, I'm, I have this whole thing about belonging. I think belonging is the, one of the highest human needs. And I think memberships and subscriptions in many ways cure that need. So um, I have a subscription lab. Um, you, I'm, The best way to get a hold of me is probably um, Instagram at um, Melissa Baker Lambs. And, um, ping me there and tell me, tell me what's going on for you. And then I'll, um, I'm not, I'm not one of those people that has everything like completely set up somewhere where you can go. And it's like all there, you can just pick from my wonderful library of all the things. I'm very customized in the way that I do things and where, um, I would, um, help someone, but, um, anyone that has information, experience, knowledge in their brain, and they want to implement on it, um, 
anybody that's afraid of tech, I'm really good at getting them past their tech humps. And um, I'm a, my, my specialty in coaching is implementation. So um, anybody that feels stuck and, and wants to know how to actually get it out onto the page or onto the computer screen, I am your person for that. So um, yeah, Instagram at Melissa Baker Lambs would be the best person, the best way. And um, you could also um, send me a message on, on my website. Um, it's uh, melissalands.com. Amazing. And those links and that Instagram handle is in the show notes below. So go check out Melissa, especially if you are uh, in the business of membership sites and subscriptions. Melissa, I love this conversation today. Thank you so much for pouring into our listeners. Oh, I, you know, I feel, I feel like I was so long-winded, but I just, I'm so passionate about all of these things. So um, I hope that someone got a little tidbit that could help them get to their next level. Yeah. And next destination. So make sure you stop. That's right. On that bus. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Melissa. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.